The EMMA Gambling Podcast on the Sports Gambling Podcast Network is brought to you by Edge Boost. Edge Boost enables you to double your bet with no interest. Go to sportsgamblingpodcast.com slash edge to get started today. We're also brought to you by Bird Dogs Shorts. The world's greatest shorts are hooking you up with a free Yeti-style tumbler when you order over at birddogs.com slash pool. That's birddogs.com slash pool. And welcome to the MMA Gambling Podcast and the Sports Gambling Podcast Network, episode 365. If you ever wish that we would be in your ears 365 times, 365 days a year, there you go. You can listen to one of our episodes each day for a year now, and you'll uh, you'll never run out of something to listen to. So um, this episode is dedicated to all the fathers out there. I'm sure there's plenty of fathers listening. Not many mothers, but there are plenty of fathers. So happy Father's Day to you all for those of you who celebrate. Uh, there was some celebrating last night, uh, the UFC, because, well, not me, Jeff Chalks Fox. I, I didn't do so hot with my picks. Came down to the last fight of the night. Uh, that was my make-or-break spot, and I broke. But my co-host, oh boy, another another father on the pod, boy. He, uh, he had himself a night again. He's inching closer to me in our yearly battle to see who sucks the least. It's the one and only Daniel Gumby Vreeland. Hello, and happy Father's Day. You know, at this pace, though, for the record, you know, I, you, you know, my catchphrase, there's always time, right? It's there's obviously time. not happy Father's Day to you, too. Oh, yeah. Awesome. Your catchphrase. Do, do you guys even have, is, is this Canadian Father's Day? Do we have so, fathers? Yes, we have fathers here. Yes, it's, it's a Father's Day here. Yes. It, I know it, some countries it's different days, but. Oh, okay. Okay. Well, well, then happy Father's Day. I didn't want to. Oh, offer, thanks. I didn't want to offer you a Father's Day if it was like, you know, like. <laughs> You know, Canadian Easter or something like that, because yes, you guys sir. have yes, you guys have Thanksgiving on weird times. I actually just yes. talked to a Canadian father for oh, an interview coming do you, up. Do um, you want to expose? You want to leak out who that is, or you want to wait? Uh, yeah, I'm, I, it probably won't be out for a few weeks over on the uh, Top Turtle MMA podcast. But I'm talking to uh, one of the fighters who is on Week One of the Dana White's Contender Series. His name is Cal Machado. Ooh. He's uh, a Brazilian guy, but he now lives in canada so he's the adopted oh, right. son he said he stayed in canada because he liked his team he met a lovely lady he had a baby and Whoa. he's working on getting his canadian citizenship and i was he's like ours. oh my god this is jeff Jeff's fox's dream boy <laughs> jeff, jeff is gonna love machado uh where does he where is he located what team is he with uh i think he lives in vancouver um, so okay. he, he's not in your backyard or anything like that, no. but he's, uh, I mean, Hey, he's somebody who's not from Canada who decided to say he's Canadian and like, not like your, uh, not like your girl who abandoned you. Uh, um, and it's yeah, no she longer, did. she's no longer Canadian. We don't speak her name here, <laughs> <laughs> but Machado is Canadian. So you're going to get a, yes. a Dana White contender series Canadian on week one. All right. Can't wait soon. That's when we make our money, everyone for, for newbies around here. But anyhow, Gumby. Back to last night. Gumby made himself some money last night. That's for sure. Yeah. And you were on fire. And I was going to say, I always say there's time. There, yep. There's really time now because I think, I think we're in the black. Uh, what is it? Six out of the last seven UFC events. That is a hell of a role. Yep. Gumby is on a role that does not usually happen with this guy. It was, me. <laughs> hey. it was me last year. Hey, last year I was on fire for the first, what? 
eight months or something. Yeah, like, the first eight or nine, or nine months, months then, you, you couldn't boy. be touched. <laughs> and then the wheels fell off. And I'm anyhow. Um, yeah, Gumby was on fire last night. Got his first. Well, there was some chicanery and screwery going on as per <laughs> usual with with uh, MMA, but uh, which kept him alive. He was alive, uh, undefeated for the first what. One, two, three, four, five fights last night. I, uh, full like prelims. I, yes. I swept the prelims. He swept, which used to be his specialty. He started off in this business as a prelim expert. And then, and then you then you broaden your wings and sword, and then you're an expert in everything now, especially regional stuff. But that, that'll be tomorrow. Um, That's all nature's right. should... prelims. In the, yes. <laughs> <laughs> what is he talking about? Anyway. Um, that's, that's something weird I would say, but what nature's prelims? Is that what you said? Yeah. What is what does that mean? The regional scene is nature's prelims. Oh, it's the, the fights yes, that it's come. True. Yeah, it's the fights that come before the the main event. The, the stuff that you really care about. Boy, there's our title, ladies and gentlemen. Hey, as you probably already nature's, seen. Yeah, nature's prelims. What you? Nature's prelims. Gumby, you can usually count on him. The last couple of episodes, he, you didn't say anything for me to come up with titles on. Uh, but right out of, out of the gate here, my father stay present. Gummy comes through with the title. <laughs> nature's All right. Nature's, and he's happy about it too. All right, uh, we're gonna jump into this as I keep messing up nature's prelims. I'm trying to type it here. I'm gonna tell you about Edge Boost, so, so a place that doesn't mess up. And then we're gonna jump in and rip through last night's card for you. This episode is supported by Edge Boost. Edge Boost is the world's first bet now, pay later Visa card. Edge currently offers up to 2,500 bucks in betting advances, which can be an extremely valuable tool. Gummy's a valuable tool as well. Uh, imagine <laughs> what you can do with an increased bankroll. Haha, <laughs> burn. Uh, get down on some of your favorite futures without tying up your bankroll for months. That's what you can do. Double down on a favorite bet you like or even use a use it to create an awesome middle or even a hedge. Nothing better than middles and hedges. Edge Boost isn't some sleazy loan shark as they charge at zero interest. Do you know of a way you can access more money to place in your favorite bets without paying any interest? EdgeBoost can be a part of a responsible gambling plan as you can set up daily, weekly, or monthly, and or monthly limits across all your betting accounts in one place. Support SGPN and grow your bankroll by going to sportsgamblingpodcast.com slash edge, E-D-G-E, to sign up. That's sportsgamblingpodcast.com slash edge. Must be 21 years or older to use. Problem gambling, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Do Americans of your age call people tools as a uh, as an insult or no? I don't think I personally do but i, I think i think people <laughs> my age i think my people my age roughly do that yes they know what tools are fine yes that's, correct it's just yeah. like calling someone a, a div in uh, in britain that's a good a good insult too they call never, each other divs never heard of that yep div instead of tool there you go okay learn something new we all we learned something new in the main event last night uh jerry kennedy is still good despite being old um who, who learned was, something new i did oh okay yeah <laughs> We, we, we that pick Marvin Vittori, not you. The, the royal uh, I, we. I pick, I pick <laughs> Mad Marvin. Mad Marvin's chin held up, but boy, the pace, I, I predicted Marvin was going to put the pace on him. No, Jerry Cannonier broke records, middleweight records for the amount of strikes he landed. Um, partially that had to do with how tough Vittori is because he wouldn't get knocked out. But yeah, Cannonier looked amazing. Probably he's the best performance I've seen out of him. Uh, 25 complete minutes of dominance, except for the safe, safe for the first uh, first round he went 49 45 49 45 48 46 there should have been a 10 8 round in there by gumby and my uh, scorecard so what do we what do we score we scored it what did we score at gumby I, I i scored it 49 45 okay yes same as me so yeah uh, a couple judges agreed with us which was good so anyhow kenya came through 
if I had hit my Vittori plus 100 pick, I would have came out in the black. Instead, I came out in the red last night. Gumby hit Canadier minus 110. It was just part of a, a dynamite night for Mr. Gumby. So go ahead. So a couple of things. Float. First of all, he got hit 250 times, <laughs> which is... Yeah. For for those of you not good at math, that means every six seconds he took a punch nonstop for almost half an hour. Like that barely got rocked either. That's the thing. I I don't think he ever really got rocked. There were a (laughs) couple of times he got hit and his eyes opened wider. Right. Like he (laughs) he did like this like weird stare, and I was like, oh, he's hurt. But his legs never got wobbly. Uh Which is, it baffles me. Because look, it looked like Cannoneer was throwing with some real bad intentions on some of those punches. And I don't know if you've seen the the picture Vittori and his manager post. Because he's a he's an Ali Abdel Aziz client. Did you oh, see? I the, love I love that manager. But anyhow, did, yes. Did, did you see? You know no. he's been on. You know he's been on an episode of Top Turtle of the May, right? Uh, I think I do know that. <laughs> yeah, he he made a guest appearance real quick. He's such um, a great. He's a, he's a great guy. He's a, he's a and, and you, anyone who wants to know what a great guy is, just Google him and you know. It was it was do, a do the it, research, it was, bro. It was it was a weird appearance. I was interviewing Danny <laughs> and he just like peeked his head in Danny Gay's car, which is where he was doing the interview, and he was like, "What are you doing?" Was, this is my manager. Fifty um, K. Yeah. Um, but anyway, back to my original point. Uh, Ali Abdelaziz posted a picture of him and Vittori like the next. I, I think it was like an, a morning after picture. Dude, Vittori looks like he got hit by seven trucks. Um, like, like he looks bad, uh, which, which is not surprising, given the abuse he took. I'm a little bit surprised it went the distance. I really thought those punches were going to get him out. Um, it would have made my personal night a little bit better if Vittori had gotten TKO'd, because I, I dabbled there in the uh, the Cannoneer KO, because it was, it was plus 250, which I, I think... Man, in, in retrospect, I, I think maybe it's a great bet and a terrible bet because you're like, man, Cannoneer has got the ability to put anybody away, but then also maybe not Marvin Vittori. Um, so maybe plus 250 was an appropriately lined fight. But regardless, Vittori just doesn't have the ability to beat somebody who he can't take down. That That's kind of my my end result here is like if, if Marvin Vittori's wrestling is not going to help him, he's done um, because everybody he's beat like. With the exception, I think Paulo. Co- no, he got his wrestling going a little bit against Paulo Costa. With the exception of uh, of kind of Paulo Costa and maybe Omar Yakimedov, if you want to go way back, like anybody he couldn't take down, he got the chick beat out of him by. So I, you know, like I think Cannoneer being able to stuff a lot of those takedowns, especially after he hurt him once or twice, I, I think really did it for him. Can we also talk about like Jared Cannoneer thinking it was okay to fight left-handed uh, at all? It, despite the fact that he had no defense left-handed and it almost cost him. Yeah. The <laughs> yeah. Yeah. The, the, even the our suit, suit announcers noticed that he was getting rocked every, or not rocked, but it lit up every time he was fighting that way. Dude, it was one of those things where it was like, it, it wasn't just like, Oh, somebody pointed out to me. I noticed it. Or, you know, like when I'm doing film study and I'm like getting real in on the fights, like, Oh, you know, he's not doing so well defensively. It was like, Every time he was left-handed, he ate three hard punches in a row and then would switch back to right-handed. It would be like, what are we doing? Why do we keep going there, dude? Like, it was, uh, especially having the coach he has. Because, like, you know, not not for anything. I'm not saying any MMA coaches are bad or anything like that. But when you have John Crouch in your corner, 
Jack Crouch is a genius. That dude is so smart when it comes to MMA game planning. So, like, if it wasn't working, how did he ever let Jared Cannonier go back to it unless it was, like, one of the most fundamental parts of his game plan, which in that case, like, it shouldn't have been. So, uh, yeah, like, weird weird move by Cannonier, but uh, nevertheless, he comes out looking like roses here, and uh, it, it should catapult him. If not to another title shot, because I, I don't know. Do, do you feel like he should get a title shot on that? Um, It was his best performance, but I don't think anything's going to change uh, if he does get a title shot. Like, it's not like he's going to win the belt. More well, than likely, I, but... I don't I don't think anybody in the middleweight division right now, now that uh, mm-hmm. now that Pajeda is gone, I, I don't think anybody in the middleweight division is touching Israel Adesanya right now. Like, he's just going to yeah. roll over people. But, like, if it comes down to... You know, Robert Whitaker blast strike is too please. He's, um, you know, in a, a couple weeks or whatever. D- if he doesn't look impressive, maybe you like Cannonier jump him. I, I don't know. Uh, yeah, it's a shitty division. <laughs> it, it, it depends what the crystals say, Dan. We'll have to ask the crystals. Yeah, yeah. Right? big big crystal not, guy. <laughs> not, not not the sixties uh, doo wop group uh, or girl group crystals. I'm talking about the crystals, crystals. Anyhow. Uh, Vittori's tough. Cannoneer is still good for an old guy. That's yeah. No, another thing I was thinking when I was watching it, like I hope there's still far too many out of shape heavyweights and undersized out of shape heavyweights in the UFC. I like, I think they should uh, watch that performance last night and go, Hey, I, I can have possibly have a career like Jared Cannoneer because Cannoneer was a undersized out of shape heavyweight. And then he was a slightly less out of shape, slightly less undersized light heavyweight. And now he's a ripped middleweight and a top contender. So just, you know, Something to think about. For, yeah, th- this there's is still a, plenty of guys who shouldn't be at heavyweight. This is like the last guy Dominic Reyes beat at light heavyweight. <laughs> yeah, there you go. Sean good old Sean, days, jo- Sean Jordan knocked this dude out. Uh, oh, Sean Jordan. And now he's like one of the best middleweights on the planet. So which which fat heavyweight are you saying we need to see at middleweight? I don't know. Not Huggy Bear because he he's no no he, he is, he's, but... he's 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 perfect. Yeah, maybe. Uh, um, yeah, I got to think about this one for a bit. Not Jay Collier. Jay Collier did the reverse Jerry Canada. <laughs> and it didn't it also didn't work out for him. <laughs> no, no. Uh, um, we had a squash match in a co-main event. Um, not much really say here. It, it it took him a while to finish it. But Armin Saruki came through minus 1000 to the delight of our friend Ryan H in the discord. Uh, he was on pins and needles uh, for the last two or not the the second and third fight from the top because they were two Armenians fighting, but they both came through for him. He had an Armenian parlay going through. Uh, like I said, it took him a while, but he ended up ground and pounding his way to victory. Three twenty five in the third round. I don't think we learned much here, or really, there's not too much to say. Yeah, I, I, the only thing I'll say is his boxing didn't look as good as I thought it would because Silva no, no. Silva tagged him a little bit, and I, yeah. I'm trying to decide if um, that was just. Saruki and overlooking his opponent or if there's actually a deficiency there um and, and I don't I don't really think I'm ever going to come up with a an answer to that until I see him fight again yeah um hopefully we will see him fight again soon Ar- Armin Pedrosian uh made a fool out of Christian Leroy Ray Duncan look like a, a Caparera practitioner or a Tai Chi practitioner out there um with his fancy moves uh he was Christian Leroy Ray Duncan didn't land anything uh, his fancy moves were not landing they look fancy but they didn't land. Uh, Armin Pedrosian just uh, was blasting away on him. Um, non, uh, non-fancy, just workmanlike performance. Got the job done. Unanimous decision. 33 and 7, 29, 28, 29, 28. Across the board, we did not have Armin Pedrosian. 
Um, people in Discord are saying that CLD Christian Leroy Duncan Duncan has been exposed as a fraud here. Do you think that's the case? I don't think that's the case, but I do think he like th this is the first time he's really stepped up against an opponent, right? Like he he yeah. fought in Cage Warriors and he fought some decent people over there, but his first big test in Cage Warriors was supposed to be JT Money Jesse Taylor. And JT Money backed out because he got hit by a car at 2.30 a.m. in London because he's JT Money. Um, so he didn't wind up. Yeah. So he didn't wind up getting that fight. And then he was supposed to make his UFC debut injury and that fight early. So, like, he hasn't had a real test. And I think the problem is, is that, like, all of his weird shit has worked forever because he's yes. been fighting bad guys for the most part. Now he's not fighting bad guys. Armin Petrosian. You know, he, he's good. You know, say what you yeah. want about Armin Petrosian. Like, th this is a guy who's who's won fights in the UFC. I mean, he beat AJ Dobson. He beat Hobocop. The only guy he's lost to in the UFC is Kaibo Ohio, who who looks like he's just, just going to run through everybody at this point. So, you know, like, it, it's not a bad loss for Christian Relay Duncan. I hope he watches that fight back and says to himself, he's like, oh, shit, this doesn't work against good opponents. I need to fix what I'm doing. Um, and if he does that, you know, like, I, I don't think he'll, we will be calling him a fraud next time out, but if he keeps thinking that shit's going to work, give me two or three fights and he's not in the UFC anymore. Yeah. Like he just wasn't landing anything. He was yeah, doing but, like, and, his and, moves well, and landing nothing. He was chasing him with his butt, right? Like he did that weird thing where he like, looked like he did half a spin and then like, <laughs> yes. he didn't actually throw the kick. And then he just like. He was like chasing uh, Petrosian around with his butt, which is like one of the weirdest <laughs> things I've ever seen. And, and look, it was a card full of weird things. It was. That, that was maybe the weirdest. <laughs> yep. It, it wouldn't have looked as weird if he was wearing some bird dog shorts, though, Dan. Great bird dogs make you look good. Even if you're chasing after people with your butt. Bird, maybe, maybe especially they, make if you, you're chasing especially. people with your butt. Because yeah. bird dogs are stretch khaki shorts, and they're designed to fit slimmer through the thigh and leg, giving you a f truly sculpted look. Bird dog shorts do the exact same thing as Lululemon, but fit way better. They fit better than regular shorts, way better, actually, it says here. And uh, because regular shorts are made of stiff, restricting cotton, bird dogs fix that issue by inventing cloud knit fabric that looks just like khaki, but stretches so they, you get a way slimmer fit without having to sacrifice movement. Like if you chase after someone with your butt in the cage, bird dogs uses anti-stink, <laughs> sweat, wicking fabric that keeps you cool and dry all day long. So obviously, um, Christian Leroy Duncan could have used some bird dog shorts last night. Uh, not sure if the UFC would allow it, but anyhow, it's worth a try. He can wear them underneath his his uh, his issued shorts. So you you people don't have to worry about that because you're not in the UFC more than likely. You guys and gals, maybe there's a gals here. Uh, go to birddogs.com. That's B-I-R-D-D-O-G-S.com slash pool, P-O-O-L. Somewhere I wish I was in right now because it's hot in this here office. And enter promo code pool for a free Yeti-style tumbler with your order. That's birddogs.com slash pool for a free Yeti-style tumbler. You won't want to take your bird dogs off, we promise you. And yes, Dan, it's almost summer in Canada, too. Our seasons are the same as yours, too. Yeah, yeah. We're all so North you know. America. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh, you, you realize that? You used to know same, about the holidays. Same, same hemisphere, but you different holidays. Yeah, okay, there you go. There, yes. Your toilet um, flushes the same way, too. It does, too, yes. Um, featherweights, Pat Sabatini, he came through for us. He did. This is one of the fights we correctly predicted exactly what would happen. It happened. He's just too good a grappler. He grounded out Lucas Almeida on the ground until eventually submitted him with arm triangle choke, which I was happy about because I believe Gumby had some 
some bets uh, on the sub prop here. Did you not? Yeah, it was one half of the Hungry Man Jong right, Superman right, parlay, right. Yeah. Uh, which we we didn't hit both ends. Uh, one was very yeah. close, and, and the other one we definitely hit. But uh, I had some uh, some skin in the just the the prop straight up because man, did he, dude. Oh, I don't know how this this line was criminal. Negative one eighty five on on Sabatini here. Uh, it, I, I wish I I wish I did an edge boost and doubled down here because it, oh, it yes. could it could have been so much bigger uh, for Sabatini. I I don't know how I, I don't know how more people didn't bet the line in the opposite direction. There had to have been money coming in on Almeida, which is wild to me because he. He looked like he had nothing on the ground for for Sabatini. Sabatini was nope. working him. Yep, wasn't a surprise though. Um, luckily, <laughs> luckily it wasn't a surprise for us. So Sabatini back on that train and headed back to the top. Hopefully at featherweight. Lock of the week too. That was my lock. Oh, there you go. Yes, I'll we throw that, in that at the end. <laughs> yep. Uh, lightweights. This this looked good until it didn't, Dan. It was like like what we said with, <laughs> with, uh, with old fighters. I guess Nicholas Moda isn't the youngest cat, but he, he's not over the hill. But yeah, Moda looked good until he did not. And then Manuel Torres knocked him out with a vicious elbow. A hellbow, you could say. Minute 50 into the first round. We had Nicholas Moda as underdog. That would have been a nice little hit for us at plus 155. It looked like it was going to come through. And like I said, until it very quickly did not come through. Yeah, he was countering well, which is if you go back to our Thursday episode, that that's what I said was going to work so well for Moda is I did like his counters. Um, but it turns out when you get hit flush with an elbow right down the <laughs> middle, it turns out there's no counter for that. Um, and you just I mean, he was out, out like we're, we're going to talk about more than one person who was out, out. But like he was. Man, that was bad. <laughs> yep. As was our next pick. I have a feeling Muslim Solikov is going to be a guy that's going to screw us. Uh, assuming he sticks around in the UFC. I don't think I'll ever get one of his fights right. Yep. We got the last two of his fights wrong. Uh, Nicholas Dalby. I've got the oh. last three of his fights wrong. Oh, did I, I had him to beat Lee, Lee, Lee Jingliang, too. I remember that oh, one. Yep. yep. Nicholas Dalby took care of the king of Kung Fu. 30-27, 30-27, 29-28. Dalby's just too tough. And Cardio was too good. And just put it to Salikov for the, for the full 15 minutes. So like I said, I don't think we're ever going to get the King Kong Fu's picks, right? Cause we got it wrong again. Yeah. Well, it's just because he's one of those frustrating guys. Who's so good when he's good and so bad yep. when he's tired. Um, yep. And, and he's sticking around. That's two losses out of his last three. And he is 39 years old. Um, I don't know. I can see the UFC keeping him around. Cause he's so damn exciting. Yeah, um, like, like that wasn't a boring fight, even though he lost no. the decision. Like it was fun to watch. I expect him to be in there. And the other thing too, is he fights so infrequently that yeah. I think the UFC is like, whatever, we'll just pay him a little bit once in a while because he's fought, <laughs> yep. you know, he's fought five times in the last three years total. Um, yep. he, he just doesn't fight very often. So I, I think there are right being like, that's fine. We'll, we'll see you again next June. See you again next time. Yeah, the main card is where the wheels fell off for me. I went two and four. Gumby, three and three. So, yeah. Main card, not where we made our, our box last night. Uh, prelims definitely went well. Um, main event ended up being, oh, yeah, we lost a fight. Felipe Bunez flunked a drug test. So, probably bye-bye to the UFC for him. Um, depending on the type. Not... Depending on the type. Yeah, that's true. That's true. Tainted so, supplement, he might be right back. We joked about Chagas Chumagula, how his fight wasn't going to happen, and it didn't happen because that was his fight. So he lost that fight, and um, 
He's fighting apparently this coming week. So we'll see if he really is. And then we also lost Hione Barcelos and Miles Johns. We we had that broken down too, right? Yeah, Johns was our big underdog we wanted. And then apparently he's injured. It's great. UFC books, people who are injured. It's great. Fighters hide these things. Um, I guess they need money. So they think they're going to be okay for a fight. But it doesn't, like he didn't get injured during the week. It didn't sound like, right? He I, previously I got injured. no details on that. I know nothing yeah. about it other than, okay. uh, you know, usually if he was still at Fortis, I think we'd have more details. But as you uh, may have heard on the Top Turtle MMA podcast this week, <laughs> he now trains at Marathon MMA under Trey Ogden, and I got nothing out of there. Yeah. Which, anyhow, that was a long way of me telling you. We had a new prelim main event, which was Alessandro Costa TKOing with elbows, Jimmy Flick, 103 into the second round. This one we, we nailed. Um, Costa looked very good at minus 250. It looked like a, a easy pick. It was my lock as well. And Jimmy Flick may be a guy who, who may be going bye-bye. Even though Gumby doesn't seem to want to fire anyone today. Maybe it's Father's Day thing. But um, yeah, Costa looked good. Hopefully, uh, obviously, we need to see him against higher level competition. But his flyweight, not super deep division. And he's he's got a lot of power for, for that weight class. So he may have a, this kid may have a feature in this sport here. He, he looked good against Amir Albazi in his debut. To yeah, be that's fair. True. And, and yeah. then, and, and then I'll say this too. Like a, a lot of people were like, should he have gone to the ground to try to finish Jimmy flick? And, yeah. And I didn't answer, like that. <laughs> a lot of people didn't like that. But my answer is, is like, he kept tagging him on the feet and then letting him recover, tagging him in the feet, letting him recover, tagging him on the feet and letting him recover. Like at a certain point, like you got to go for the, the kill. Right, like, so, yeah. unless you want to, especially if you want to take home the performance of the night bonus, which by the way he did. He did. Um, so like, I I appreciate him getting after it. Also, I will say this about Jimmy Flick: kind of disappointing. Something I wish I knew about him when he was coming back, because uh, I I did pick him in his last fight, I think, um, and he looked god awful, and now he's looked god awful for two in a row. Did you hear what they said on the broadcast about him? Mm, remind me i might so have they said he father. they said he retired and you'll remember yeah, he retired remember to like spend more time with his family yeah and, and on the broadcast they were like jimmy flick uh you know like he, he retired and now he's back fresh off a divorce oh um, uh, there you like, go see that'll, oh that'll so he like retired to spend time with his family and his wife was like nah <laughs> no, this well that's why the pandemic was so hard for for a lot of people <laughs> yeah. oh yeah i'm married to this person all right yeah. not not me no i'm still married yeah, anniversary still, coming up this I'm week i'm still married Anniv- too we had a, we had a 21 kid years to... come thursday dude wow yeah you're crazy, gonna record eh? you're gonna record with me on your 21st wedding yeah <laughs> you just wait you just wait anyhow costa future right how old is it how old is that kid you know uh i i don't know I do know he's that six he's years got, younger than Flick. I do know that he's got good management. Uh, he's only 27. Um, he's got good management. He's uh, managed by the same guy uh, who manages Brandon Moreno. Um, okay, good. So, so like, yeah, a g- good team of managers, and they represent like 100 UFC fighters or something like that. So, like, um, you know, they're going to build him up the right way. He got a good win here, especially after losing to Elbezi. So, yeah, I, I like him. And, and I actually put a question in the the discord, whether or not people liked him or Carlos Hernandez better. Cause I think they both look fantastic. Yeah. You want to, we can skip ahead and talk about Carlos Hernandez. If you want, it was uh, two first. Hernandez took care of Denny's Bondar technical decision. This was <laughs> one of the, one of the uh, screwy that happened. He technically won 30, 27, 30, 27, 29, 28 the end of the fight. Um, 
after he, he clearly was was winning a striking battle, even though I think Bondar was thinking otherwise for some reason. But anyhow, because he was showboating and getting lit up when he was showboating, but um, took him down. Their heads collided in midair, and then Bondar's head hit off the mat, and at that point he was knocked out. And he still ate about ten elbows before the ref jumped in. <laughs> Then they determined, I don't know how they determined that he was knocked out by the head clash in the air and not knocked out by his head hitting the mat. But they determined that and took away the knockout finish for Hernandez. Luckily, he still won, but uh, via decision. But still, if you had him inside the distance or had him via TKO or KO, you would have been pretty upset by that pick. We just had him outright winning, luckily. Yeah, I would say, first of all, I do think the headbutt knocked him out. Um, yeah, it seemed that way. Based on what I watched. But secondly, how how much more of a indictment of Jaron Vallel is that uh, referee Jaron Vallel is that, that they were like, Oh, he was actually unconscious on the way down. And then he yes. eats, then he eats eight elbows. Like, yeah. Like if, if, a, elbows. if a guy gets knocked out by elbows and then eats like two or three more and you're like, Oh, he shouldn't eat in those last two or three. Cause the fourth one knocked him out or the second one knocked him <laughs> out and he shouldn't eat in those yeah. last five. Like you could be like, Oh, well he wasn't sure the fourth one. He should have eaten zero elbows. He was unconscious yeah. before the elbows started and then still ate a damn near a dozen of them. Um, yeah. Wow. Uh, but that being said, Carlos Hernandez looked really good. Um, yep. and, and like I said, both him and uh, him and Alessandro Costa have bright futures at flyweight. That was a very exciting night for flyweight. So good that they kept flyweight around. And they even said that on the telecast as well. Um, yes, we had Hernandez as the underdog plus 110. The fight that went on right after that, Gumby hit a dog in that one too. Kyung Ho Kong, they were calling him. Dog, dog okay. of the week. Dog of the week. Uh, submission ruined. I could choke over Christian Quinones. I wasn't happy about this pick. Uh, 225 in the first round. He took care of him on the feet and then took care of him on the ground. And uh, Gumby hit. Every time Gumby zig, I zagged, Gumby uh, came through. Uh, this past week. So yeah, two fights yeah. we, we uh, disagreed on and you won them both. Yeah. He, he, uh, you know, and when I predicted this fight, I, I will, you know, like withdraw the pat on my back a little bit because I did say Kyung Ho Kang's path to victory here was shoot a bunch of takedowns. Um, and it turns out I was wrong. He could blast him on the feet too. Um, yep. and then, and then as soon as he blasted him on the feet, Kinona's had no idea what to do on the ground with this guy. Yeah. So, yeah. uh, he, he seemed to be like, he was ready to, get submitted and get out of here. Yeah. 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 It, yeah. It was he, one of those situations. It, yeah, yeah. He was like, here's my neck, do what you want with <laughs> yep. it. And I'll tap out and we'll call this a night. Um, but Hey dude, like in all honesty, Kyung Ho Kang, I know, I know he's old as hell. I know he had two years off, uh, where he didn't fight at all because he had to do mandatory military service. But like, this is a guy who's five and one in his last six. Uh, and the only loss in there is a weird grappling loss to Hani Yaya, but like he keeps beating people, man. Yeah. Um, and, and like, even if you want to peel it back lar- longer than that, he's eight and two in his last 10, all in the UFC yes. eight and two. And that is a crazy run. So, uh, yeah, like, uh, you know, give me more Kyung Ok and a lot of submissions yeah. there too, by the way, one, two three four submissions in the eight wins uh in his last 10 fights so i that, that's my kind of fighter right there yeah hopefully he keeps it uh yeah hopefully he, he starts getting some fights gets healthy starts fighting more frequently so because uh, he bucked the trend of the uh the ring rust trend because he did not look rusty at all in there so gummy hit back-to-back dogs there we both had trees up blada 
Uh, what do we have her at? Uh, minus 250. So that wasn't a big hit, but yeah, she took care of Gabriella for Fernandez. Can we fire Fernandez at the very least? She's yes. probably going to get fired. 30 yeah, 27 she, across the board. She can't defend a double leg. And more no. importantly, uh, and this is actually the most important thing about her, she just can't get up when she's down. Like, like she doesn't look like she has any idea how to get up. Also, I, I th- and this is the last thing I'm going to say about this fight. Did you see the tweet from Bloody Elbow? <laughs> oh, yes. Yeah, go right ahead. <laughs> Bloody Elbow. Tell the people. Bloody Elbow scored this fight for Gabriela Fernandez, and they have officially, <laughs> they have officially passed Sherdog as the worst in the world at, at, at scoring fights because that is wild. And then I, I almost said something. After the main event, they were like, what judge in the world could give Marvin Vittori the fourth? Because our boy Sal D'Amato gave Marvin Vittori the fourth round in kind of ridiculous yep. fashion. And I wanted to respond, you gave two rounds to Gabriela Fernandez. <laughs> like, you you don't yep. you don't have the right to complain about a judge's scorecard ever again. <laughs> um, yeah, Teresa Blada. I, I don't know that I love Teresa Blada. She, she's got no. some, she's got she's some young decent though. grappling. Uh, like... Her, her striking seems to to sort of leave something to be desired. Yeah. Um, I actually think Gabriela Fernandez is an awesome striker. She just got yes, she is. Uh, she got nothing else though. Uh, Maybe we can so. combine the two the, the two fighters together. I was thinking yeah. I was watching. If we just yeah. combine these two girls together, they'd be a great fighter. That that's a great point. These those <laughs> two right. fighters together are legit. Someone get out some uh, thread and uh, a needle, and we'll we'll sew them together, and we'll see what happens. Um, yeah, what? Yeah, we got saved by uh, some foolery in, in the next fight. Bandweights Dan Arjueta dominated Ron, Ronnie Lawrence, um, and had him. He had him in in a submission for a long period of time there. The the fight only lasted two twenty, but most of that uh, Lawrence had his neck uh, trapped. Um, for some reason, uh, our our favorite. Well, I guess he's not our favorite referee, but Dom Cruz's favorite referee. Um, some nonsense, Keith Peterson. <laughs> no nonsense, Keith Peterson. Some, uh, some plenty nonsense. of nonsense. Yeah, no, that was plenty of nonsense last night. He uh, he grabbed Lawrence's hand and basically made him tap, <laughs> even though Lawrence didn't tap. <laughs> um, they overturned it, luckily, but yeah, Dan Arjueta got ripped off of a clear victory there. This one got turned into a no contest. We got saved because Lawrence did not look good, and he was our pick. Um, so, like I said, we got saved there, but Ar- Arjueta got ripped off there. If they if they run this one right back, are we going to go on the? On the uh, the determined Dan Arjueta uh, train, they will they won't run it back. The, the not, UFC right? knows better than to run this back. The, <laughs> the UFC is moving Dan Arjueta up, and yeah. they're moving Ronnie Lawrence down, possibly out. He he looked real yeah. bad. Um, yeah. and I will say this: Dan Dan Argueta looked very determined. strong, very strong, very determined. Uh, he in really his re- did though. That's the thing. Yeah, he did. He, look determined. he, he did. He, and we joke about that dumb nickname, but like it. He looked determined. Like if, if you had to use an adjective, he was determined. Um, and I will also say this: his wrestling looked incredible. Um, I yeah. definitely underestimated how good his wrestling can be. Um, and I I won't make that mistake again. Uh, you know me; I like a guy who grapples, and he looked fantastic on the mats. Um, but that being said, loved being bailed out by the ref. Thank you, ref. Yeah, he was a determined dogged dog. You can call him that as well. Yeah, but we don't go. need another title for this for this podcast, so I should have saved it. Uh, Modestus Bukaskis. I thought we lost this fight, Dan, but I didn't. He came through. Okay, over Zach Apounga, 30-27, Pounga made it a lot harder than, or I guess Bukaskis made it a lot harder on himself than he should have. He, uh, yeah, he uh, didn't look so hot. Um, 
but he got himself a win and we got a win right to kick off the event at minus 175. I know there are a lot of people who are upset by this, but I really thought it was quite obvious that Bukowskis won one in three. And I, I think that the Anthony Manis, the guy who scored at 30, 27 for Bukowskis fucked up a little bit. Ponga won the second. Uh, I definitely think Ponga won the second, but I didn't think he won any of the other rounds. Um, you know, I, I, I thought it was pretty clear. Ponga, uh, won two and didn't win one or, or three. So, uh, Good for Modestus. I like Modestus. He's a great yeah, I do dude. Too. Uh, not that I, I don't love Ponga. I've interviewed both guys. Um, but Modestus is like a, a very nice guy. And it's good to see him uh, put together a little win streak here after having yep. a really tough start of things. He's now beating Tyson, Pedro, and Zach Ponga in back-to-back fights. Is Ponga going to get another crack at it, you think? I think so. He he He's one and one at light heavyweight. Yeah. You know, that's... Um, you know, in Bukowskis is, I mean, it's coming off a win over Tyson Pedro. If you're saying that Ponga is, uh, is in the same boat as Tyson Pedro, Tyson Pedro's had 700 chances. So, uh, yeah, yeah, you gotta, you gotta get Ponga one more. Uh, Gumby didn't need too many chances to, to make money last night. Cause he killed it. He went eight and three. I don't even know if that made sense, but it, it was how I'm transitioning regardless. Eight and three Gumby went 246 bucks. He won. He hit his. Lock Sabatini hit his dog Kang. He missed on Lawrence via decision, but he also didn't lose that, that push. That's the that key. Push. <laughs> hit yeah. push. Exactly. I went six <laughs> and five, but I lost money. I hit one underdog, but I lost 188 bucks. I hit cost as my lock, which is good because I've been missing on my locks for a while there. I missed Moda as my dog. I missed Vittoria via decision. I really miss that one. Um, so there you go. On the year, Gumby's only 300 bucks behind me now in, in the who who loses the least. Uh, battle. Uh, he's at 54% hit. I'm at 60%. So there you go. And if you're looking for a little future boost, I'm going to give you my edge boost double down play of the day. Uh, this is in case you're looking to not have your money tied up uh, on a future bet. I'm seeing future lines put down for July's first UFC fight night card. I got Michael Morales negative 200. That number is going to spike way up as he fights Max Griffin on July 1st. So use the edge boost double down and make sure to get that money in and not have too much money tied up. So once again, that's my edge boost double down play of the day. Michael Morales negative 200 edge boost enables you to double your bet with no interest. Go to sports gambling podcast.com slash edge to sign up today. That's sports gambling podcast.com slash edge. And I got to get out of here because we're running out of time here. We got more UFC though coming. Don't worry. We got another event coming up this coming weekend. It's going Jacksonville, Florida. It is UFC on ESPN. Emmett versus Tapuria. I will run through the card quickly for you. Main event, Josh Emmett versus Ilya Tapuria. Amanda Hebos versus Macy Barber. <laughs> Cody Brundage versus Sadikris, Sadikris Dumas. I'm struggling with his name already. David Onama. Gabriel Santos, Brendan Allen, Bruno Silva is the main card. Pretty solid main card there because it is on a ABC in the States. So they usually try to make these a bit uh, stronger. And then the prelims, Neil Magny, Phil Rowe, Chalgas Chumagulov. Sure. He's fighting. Sure. He is. Versus maybe, Joshua Van, maybe. Austin Lane, Justin Toffa, Randy Brown, Wellington Terman, Matthias Rebecca, Voik, Rads Habov, Tabitha Ricci, Baby Shark versus Jillian Robertson, Canadian Trevor Peak. Jose Marashaw, the, the the Hall of Fame pitcher, right? That's right. Yeah. Okay. Uh, Jamal Emmers, Jack Jenkins, and Tatsuro Tyra Cleetson Hodhigas. Good fight card. Sick fight card. Yeah. yeah it, there, there's so many. 
there, there's so many fun ones in there. I think there's some really exploitable lines in there. There's uh, that Joshua Van. It was supposed to be on the first episode of Contender Series. Um, and so he's just going to jump right into the UFC. And they already found a replacement for his opponent on the first episode of the Contender Series. And his replacement is a good one. Uh, it takes it to Zadim, which is a, a guy who's been looking for a shot for a while. Um, I love Richie versus Robertson. I love Rodzabov versus Rebecca. Um, I love that Amanda Hebos is going to turn Macy Barber's face into ground beef. Um, I, I actually think Phil Rowe versus Neil Magny is weirdly intriguing. So Yeah, it is. Um, plus, we get to watch Trevor Peak throw standing hammer fists. Oh yes, yes. Hammerfist. <laughs> and our friend Jong in the Discord is is big on a Rabachi uh parlay. But we'll tell you what that is when, when we break down this event. Oh okay, uh, I love it. We'll be back <laughs> we'll be back tomorrow though with PFL. No Belcher, don't worry. We got PFL week six going down from Atlanta GA. We're gonna break down the top five fights for you and give you winning picks. All right. Discord, sportsgamblingpodcast.com slash discord, Twitter, SGPN MMA, Gumby Vreeland, Jeff Fox writer. My Substack, get me in your inbox every day. MMA writing and pick them contest is money. MMA.substack.com. Gummy's got top turtle podcasts. He told you about and everything good in the world is that sports gambling podcast.com. We'll be back for episode 366. As I said, tomorrow uh, until then, I will remain psycho. Jeff Fox, my host, the determined Gummy Vreeland will be here tomorrow as well. Bye-bye.